I'm thankful for all this taking place this morning, but there's more. Everybody say there's more. And you'll see how it all ties together because Jesus loved to do that. The Holy Spirit loved to do that. You know, October has always been known for all my sports enthusiasts. Any sport, anybody like some sports in here? Yeah, y'all like some sports in here? I okay. I do too, man. I love sports. I don't care what y'all say. I love be some sports. You know, in October, you got to think of it. So right now, you sports, right now, Major League Baseball is in right now. They're in the World Series to determine the, the champions of the world. You know, they're in there right now. So uh, they're in full swing with the, uh, all pun intended, with the, uh, with the uh, World Series. Also, for you who like the NBA, you know, it's done tipped off this month. It's ready to go. Where, do we have any, any NHL? Hockey, it's, it's crashing on in. Yeah. You know, here in Southeast Georgia, hockey's like, I'm not going to say what we think of hockey, but there are some hockey fans that, hey, you know, I, I heard a, uh, a joke about that one time. I went to a boxing match and a hockey game broke out. You know, it's like, that's what happens. They just, they just always scrapping. And then also, hey, any, any volleyball players in here? You know, I know how my daughter plays. Hey, women's volleyball, NCAA, it's going in full swing. So it, it doesn't miss anybody. It's all, but there is this thing, you know, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, for my soccer players, MLS, Major League Soccer, it's in full swing. All of this is in October. And there's this other one that we kind of have a gravity, we kind of gravitate toward. I don't know, this college football or something. You know, there's this rival, like all the rivals are playing each other over the next few weeks. And yesterday, I know there was one, and I got to be honest with you. Um, um, I've been giving things a lot of thought here recently. And uh, last night, I had to do some soul searching. And uh, I was evaluating my life, and I was going through it. And I thought to myself, you know, um, I left Jacksonville, Florida in 1983 and moved to Darien, Georgia. And I realized I've lived in Georgia twice as long as I lived in Florida. I mean, just being honest. And I sat there and I thought, man, I met my wife here. We had our children here. We raised them here. I mean, I mean, they're still here and they're all, you know, even my son graduated from the University of Georgia. I, I think about this church, like I got saved in this church 37 of the 40 years and I've been on staff full time for 33 of these years. And so I thought long and hard about it and I thought, man, I've got to make this very important announcement after all this year and all this time and because of these wonderful fans of the University of Georgia, I just got one thing to say, and I'm gonna put it up there on the screen for y'all. I learned it in the 90s, and y'all can, y'all can read this with me. Here you go, put it up there for them, you got it? This, wait, wait, it's not there. I, I put it in my notes, it's not there, oh no. Well, I'll learn it, I'll go ahead and say it. It's a phrase that I learned in the 90s from you guys. It says, wait till next year. Go Gators, what? I ain't turning in them ugly red and black bulldogs, ain't no way. But anyhow, <laughs> I, I become more resolved than ever, like in my faith, just coming, Jesus. <laughs> so, 
So anyhow, but seriously, we can learn a lot of things from sports. You know, there's a lot of lessons. I have had the tremendous honor. I played at an early age. My mom and dad, they got me involved in baseball, soccer, played football one year, but for obvious reason, <clears throat> my, the build may not have been as much as it needed. Actually, true story, I played one year of Pop Warner football, and towards the end of the year, my coach, Mike Hayes, I remembered him very well. He is five foot tall and five foot wide, and he was a lineman, and uh, he was gonna show one of the linemen how to, how do you go through the line, you just push them. And he went through and he tripped on one of the other kids, fell on him and broke his collarbone. And I said, I'm done, I don't, I don't want my collarbone broken. <laughs> I'm like, Mike Hayes, drop, man. Whoa, easy fella. But no, I have. I learned, so with it, I learned how fairness kicks in. And it ain't, it, it ain't been fair here recently, but it's all right. I learned about team building. I learned about equality. I learned about discipline. I learned about inclusion, perseverance, and respect. Um, I've had many personal wonderful moments on the field, off the field. I got to play. I made all-stars every year growing up. Got to play extra innings and got to have fun in basketball. But you know, the one thing that I didn't learn and I, I hope I never will is this thing of spectating. And what we've got to be careful of in America is we are tremendous spectators like we want to watch other people do it and like yay go yay go team go and this morning through that I'd planned this a while back because I knew this day was coming it didn't turn out exactly how you know I did have to work through some stuff to get this prepared but this morning I want to preach a message real quick to you and it's called put me in coach Put me in coach, okay? And I'm going to read out of Ephesians chapter 4. If you got your Bibles, you can turn there with me. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And it goes on to say this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. So we all have personal gifts, but there's also, there's five gifts that Paul gave to the church, not offices, gifts. There's a wonderful our wonderful founding pastor still has a book he hasn't done. He told me years ago he wanted to teach on this one. had a book in there about the gifts, not simply offices. But, and we'll wait for that one still. But the gifts that he gave to the church are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and, and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's a big standard, but he's, he's got us doing it. It says, there will be no immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more and more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work, 
It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Can you tell me, church, can y'all say amen to that? That is the church that God is building right here at Christian Renewal. And I'm so thankful to get to be the pastor because a pastor, it means shepherd is also, you can make it his coach. I, I'm supposed to coach you and help and say, hey, to, to do the work, not me do it all. Now, the problem is I'm one that I like to do. I, that's like my, I love to serve. I love to give. That, that's mine. And I got to sometimes dial that back to say, no, I need to get you to help, you to be a part and see how this works out. Everyone, every person in this auditorium, those watching online every week, I just, I want to say hey to y'all because I love each one of you and I know I get the text, I get the calls, man, I watch you, thank you for that encouragement, that every one of us, we all have a job to do. If we want our church to be healthy and growing and full of, we have, I have to have a, a part in that. And you know, when I think about sports, this is what the church has become, because there are people that search for, for churches like they do for their favorite team. Like, what's it going to do for me? So if you think about football, so you have 22 players on a field. And you got 100,000 stands, 100,000 fans in the stand that are sitting here like, woo! And they're screaming like, go, team, go! And the people on the thing, they're sweating. They're giving it all. And by the way, you know, I didn't even watch a snap of yesterday's game, just so you know. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, oh, I wish he'd have watched it and felt bad. No, I actually have a house I'm trying to get ready that I'm painting. And so I said, I, I was so thankful after I started getting some texts. During the game, I'd get this text and different things. And I'm like, oh, Florida must be losing or Georgia's winning real good. And I'm like, I'm going to keep on painting. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, gonna keep, I'm not even going to waste my time, energy, or effort on a bunch of 18 to 23-year-olds. They ain't going to determine my joy. Anyhow, I realize it's, it's with any sport. You could take basketball. You've got 10 players that are out there going at it, and you got 70,000 in the stands like, yay, go. The church, if we're not careful, can be the same thing. You look at anything. Volleyball, you got 12. Ice hockey, you got 12. You know, you, tennis, you only got two, but still there's a bunch of people in the stand. And you think about it, We've got to be careful that we're not simply fans. Fans, I defined it like this, an enthusiastic follower or admirer, admirer of a sport, pastime, or a celebrity. So I know there are people right now, there was a concert. I don't know if you ever heard of this singer from a Canada named Shania Twain. I had somebody tell me they were going to see Shania. I said, whoa, I feel like a woman. No, I don't feel like a woman. Anyhow, you got to be careful with today's culture saying stuff. But she was, she was going, and, and a number of people that are enjoying these events, but they're going and saying, entertain me. Come on, come on, entertain me. Come on, come on. And I want to tell us, church was never meant to be a spectator sport. It's never meant to be a spectator. It's always meant to be participating. And I, I think we need to be enthusiasts. And, and when we talk about enthusiasts, this is where the word comes from. It's in the Greek, in theos, that means in God. And really it means with or in God. So when we think about this, the word enthusiasm, enthusiast, is derived from that Greek word. And so it literally means in its root concept to be full of God. So I want to say to you, you can go to any sporting event you want to, as long as you remember, hey, 
I'm going full of God. And there's are people around me that are gonna need God and I can get put in even in those moments. Anywhere I go, any type of activity I'm doing in my life, at work, in my house, anywhere, I can be a enthusiast, a, a one that is full of God. And I think about this thing that um, when I think about sports, I think about, like I mentioned ago, Mike Hayes, Christianity is a contact sport. It's a contact sport. It's not meant, if anybody, if we learned anything from the pandemic, if we learned anything, we realized contact was very important. There were more suicides, there were more deaths, there were more desperation, more, and it's because we isolated. Granted, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying, you know, that's, that's for another day, but for right now, we understand we need people. We need people to be together. We need to connect. We need to be around. We need to encourage. We need to build up. I need people around me. And so that's, that's the big idea. True joy and satisfaction is in this journey of faith that comes when we get out of the stands and get in the game. Listen, when I played sports, and even still, when I'm watching, I'm like, I want to get out there, I want to get out there, I want to get, put me in, coach, put me in. Like, my coach, I used to drive them nuts. And they'd say, Linton, you don't know how to kick. I don't care, I'll go in there, I don't care. You know, it didn't matter, Linton, you're a guard, you can't be the center. I don't care, I'll get on some big guy and block him out, I don't matter. You know, put me in, I don't care. I would just want to be in the game, I want to play. I don't want to just watch. And I found with my life and also with your life that when we're involved, man, it's, life is so much more fun. It is so much more exciting. You know, when I think about uh, Jesus, he never called us to go to church. He called us to be his followers. There was never a time where he said, hey, hey, I want y'all to get together. I just want you to go sit in church. We are the church. I want you to get together. I want you to be my followers and follow me as I go make a difference in the world. I love a, a, a quote from Wayne Cordero when I was looking through things and saying, hey, what church is a team. He actually wrote a book. He's, a, he's the founding pastor of New Hope Christian Church in Honolulu, Hawaii. And I thought, man, God, if you wanted to call me there, I would, you know, I would, I would not. <laughs> but he did that. And he's, it's a thriving church. He started in 1998. And he's, he said this in his book, and it's called, uh, the book is called Doing Church as a Team. He said that uh, getting involved, oh man, that's some small writing on y'all. <laughs> Didn't do that one. We'll figure that one out well. Getting involved in your church by using your gifts will accelerate your spiritual growth immensely. God designed us that way. Don't head for the grandstands when you enter the kingdom of God. Head for the playing field. That's where the excitement is. That's where the action is. That's where you want to go. And I think of the one song that uh, Dan Fogarty that wrote years ago. Maybe you've, you've heard of it. It's called Center Field. You know, put me in coach. I'm ready to play today. Put me in coach. I'm ready to play today. Look at me. I can be center field. I can do something. And he was just saying, put me in coach. I want to do that. And when we think about, you know, I think with church, and this is what I've seen over, you know, 30, well, all my life, but I realize sometimes people, <laughs> I don't know how, but it happened. People get bored in church. <laughs> They get bored at church. I'm like, how can you get bored with Jesus? How can you get bored with serving? How can you get bored around people? And I thought to myself, it's because when you get into spectating, it can be a pretty boring thing. 
I'm just watching, you know, especially for all my Gator fans. That was probably a pretty boring game yesterday. For all the Georgia fans, like, woo this is exciting. I haven't watched it yet. I will get a chance to watch. watch. They play it over and over again. Maybe. I don't know if I'll waste my time. But anyhow, you know, I think of all that I've been, by the grace of God, been allowed to do to get involved in people's lives. I can't believe some of the things I've been able to do. I've had, y'all, I've taken young people to India twice, twice, all the way to India. Any, anybody in here, everyone did, was, was part of the India crew? They ain't none of them. They're all, you know why? Because they're all out doing mission work right now. <laughs> some are already on the mission field. Some of them are pastoring. I'm telling you, I've had them all over. Any, any young people went on mission trips with us when they were younger? Raise your hand if y'all. Look at here, look at here, look at here, look at here. Look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it. See? Was it boring? <laughs> You're like, whoa, goodness gracious. And I want to tell you, serving Jesus is the most exciting thing you and I will ever do that we'll ever get to do. When I think about all the people that God has touched in the lives that he's allowed me to be a part of, and it's just from one thing. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. I want to be a part. I want to make a difference in somebody's life. I want to tell you, you can, you can win the lottery. You can get the biggest house. You can get the best job. You can have everything that, quote, this world says you need in order to be happy. And I tell you, you can still be miserable. Because until you're being fulfilled with what God gives and you're active in his work and active in his life and him active in your life, that's when life gets exciting. You're like, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, if you ever get the opportunity, I know many of you have, if you ever get to watch somebody's life transform, like they're completely lost. And I mean, they're doing what lost people do. And that's what's wrong with the church. Many times we turn away from like, oh, they're lost. Let me get away from them. I'm like, oh, they're lost. Let me get over here too. <laughs> I mean, run to them. We don't run from them. Most of us like, ooh, they smell. Ooh, they cuss. Yeah, just like you and I used to do, you know? Anybody besides me ever had a cussing problem? <laughs> Y'all didn't have to raise your hand, but they like, okay, yeah, we are. Okay. <laughs> I was raising my hand for me, and y'all like, okay. <laughs> I could have said anybody ever cuss, and every hand go, whoa, okay, yeah, we did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I said problem, so it made it easier on y'all. <laughs> Anyhow, anybody, I mean, when you look at it and we think, they're the same way we used to be. And if we're not careful, what we do is we train ourselves to, to be repulsed by them instead of being compelled to go to them. And we've got to be careful we don't sit in a building and we sit here and go, okay, oh, I feel so good. Okay, oh, they're lost. Just like with Dalton, that, that it wrecks my heart every moment of every day. I'm just constantly praying, Jesus, thank you, Lord. I see him float. Lord, bring them home. Bring them home. Not just for me, for their families, everything. It's a matter of getting involved and not just them. My neighbors, y'all, I still have two neighbors that aren't saved. That bothers me. I know their name. I've spent time. I mean, I've bandaged one of them's wound from a dog bite. <laughs> Like, that's before I really knew him. He, his dog beat me. Come over to my door, knocking on the door. He's got his, just, whoa, his eyes, his, his, he's white as a ghost, and his eyes are big, and his hand is all bloody. He's like, can you help me? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not a doctor, but uh, I can think I can. I called a doctor and said, hey, I took a picture of it. Does he need stitches? <laughs> That's what I did. But the thing is, I built a relationship. You know how I built a relationship with him? 
cutting his grass. Cutting his grass. Never really had a real long conversation with him. I just cut his grass for free. And you go, what? I take his trash out every Friday. Every Friday, because he forgets. And guess what? He brings my trash cans in every Friday afternoon. <laughs> kind of works out that way. But I'm, I'm still, I'm believing God. And I'm trusting, I'm planting seeds and I'm involved saying, Jesus, what can we do? And I think about three things real quickly that we need to do if we want to see this thing work out. And, and, and it's found, the text is found in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. I want you to turn there with me. I'm going to go over this to let us see what, what it is. It says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs. Like you're in a race whether you know it or not. You might be on the sidelines going, hmm, wow, ah, probably ought to get up and train a little bit. I mean, you're in it whether you know it or not. And it says, but only one person, everyone who runs, but only one gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will, and I want all my Georgia fans to hear this well, <laughs> that will fade away. <laughs> but we do it, and I'm just having fun, y'all. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's be, <laughs> gotta have fun. I'm always reminded of James Dobson real quick. James Dobson in his book, he said, if you live long enough, life will trash your trophies. <laughs> And what, how he did that, he went to UCLA and when he showed up as a freshman, there was this big tennis trophy in the middle of this big giant case and it was massive. And he, he, he went up there as a freshman, he's looking at it like, ah, wow. Kind of like you Georgia fans a couple years ago, you were just praying, Lord, let us win one championship. It's been forever. Anyhow, but he said, if I, could, if I could just get my name on that trophy, if I could just get my name on there, he, he will have arrived. Well, guess what? Through hard work and effort, he got his name on that trophy. And guess what? Because of his uh, notoriety, because of his gift, he actually was invited to come speak to UCLA. But since the time he was there, it had grown so big and it expanded so much, he got lost trying to find his way. And he found his way to the back of a building. And at the back of the building in this dumpster was this giant trophy that he had worked so hard to get his name on. <laughs> and he sat there and went, if you live long enough, Life will trash your trophies. <laughs> and he goes, oh man, I, what I thought, this was so much, I gotta have it. Realize this is not what I needed. That. Anyhow, he went, it goes on to say, we do it for an eternal prize. So I will run with purpose in every step. I am not shadow, just shadow boxing. Watch out, don't say it. I discipline my body. Like an athlete training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And I just got three things I want us to grab a hold of real quick. And that is God wants us to play to win. God wants us to play to win. But in order to do this, we have to get in the game. No one ever won a game from the sideline. Could you imagine showing up and this is what they call forfeits. There have been teams where they're just going to make an example and they show up and say, like, hmm, we're not playing you. And they walk off and they forfeit. I believe with all my heart, if we're not careful as believers, we forfeit a lot of people's destiny because we're so locked up in uh, you don't want to do it the way I want. Hmm, I'm done with you and I'm walking off. And I want to challenge us this morning 
man, this is my heart. I know I operate of, of those gifts. I know pastors, one of my love people, I want to see him, but evangelist is in my heart as well. I've operated in different things, but I'm telling us, God wants us to win. I'm always reminded of my son's favorite sports hero growing up was this guy by the name of Michael Jordan. Like, I don't know anybody. Y'all ever heard of Mike? Anybody here heard of him before? Maybe once or twice. Yeah, a few of them. Woo! Yeah. So he liked him so much. So at 11 years old, his path in life was he was going to go to the University of North Carolina and play for the University of North Carolina and then go play in the NBA for the Chicago Bulls. And I went, Okay, praise God. So he's got this vision. So what did we do? We bought a life-size poster cutout of Michael Jordan and gave it to him for Christmas. So here's this six-foot-six picture poster. Of, it used to scare my wife. She'd walk in the room like, oh, there's this six-foot-six figure back there. <laughs> Anyhow, this was his dream. And so you know what I did? I said, you know what? If you want to go play for North Carolina, you don't just show up there going, I want to play, coach. Put me in. Like you start in, like they have these basketball camps like when you start at 10 years old, they're already scouting you at 10. And so I, I said, hey, you go to North Carolina. I took him, signed him up for a basketball camp, him and his friend. He went, I don't want to say his dream was crushed, but when you got 5,000 kids from all over the country and he, he just said, hey, daddy. You know, he used to spoke, speak with a draw back then. Hey, daddy, there was this kid there from New York he was 11 years old and he was slam dunking. Like, I'm like, 11? I said, man, he's kind of late if he's only 11. I mean, come on, there's some at 10 that are slam dunking. But anyhow, his vision began to go, oh, there's a lot of good players. Now, I'm not saying it crushed him, but, it, and this is just one thing about a sport, but we've got to be careful. We don't compare ourselves to somebody else. Of course, we know what ended up happening is as a result, Michael Jordan was cut from his, um, from his team in high school. And then he thought, hey, I'm just going to keep on going. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep on. And it, it made him more determined. And I want to tell you that your loved ones that you're believing for, that we've talked about, that we've been prophesying, we've been think they're coming. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. That, look, you are the link. The reason they're in your life, they're in your court. Play to win. God wants us to play to win. Secondly, God in his word, does, he does compare us to athletes. All through scripture, it talks about pre preparing ourselves. I mean, we, you think about something that goes into training, you got to have the right diet. You, can, you have to have the right exercise. And I know sometimes when you all look at your pastor, you think, he must work out a lot. Okay, it ain't that funny. Easy. Y'all go, I can get my feelings hurt real easy here. Like, well. But anyhow, what happens is if we're not careful, we, the right diet. So the word of God. This is where I found one of the biggest struggles for people is having, getting the word. It's like, why do I got to read the word every day? You don't have to. You get to. You get to allow your mind to be transformed because the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It helps divide my thoughts and my actions and my feelings. I don't know about y'all, but I can get off kilter at times. I know y'all probably don't deal with that. Like y'all don't have to deal with your mind taking your places and, and thinking things about different people. I told you a few weeks ago, there are people sometimes, they just look at somebody and decide, I don't like them. I don't like them. Why? I just don't. It's like, okay, you need your mind retrained because you don't even have, you didn't even have a conversation with them and you already don't like them. I'm like, whoo, 
Take it easy. So anyhow, he compares us that way. And so when we talk about feeding ourselves on the word of God in prayer, taking moments, and prayer is probably the easiest Christian responsibility we can do, but we make it so difficult. Prayer is having a conversation with God. If you read the Psalms, these are songs David wrote, just pouring his heart out to God. When you're having a bad day, God, you know, the, you've just, you know, you've left me, you've abandoned me, I'm here to myself, my enemies, they surround me. And then there's other days, I will praise the Lord at all times. He says, oh, there. He's just being honest and real and saying, God, I just, this is what I've got going on. You will not bore God. You won't do that. So he, he compares us that way. We cannot neglect, we must not neglect to get together with the team. We can't, that's, this is where some, where the forsaking of the assembly, that we've got to be together, that we do this together. I can't do this on my own. My, this is my gift and I love doing it, but if we don't have people working together, I've shared all the time, our worship team is amazing. I'm so thankful. It would not nearly be as amazing if I was leading it. It would be, there would be people walking out the door going, well, thank you, that was good. <laughs> for him, <laughs> what good for me? And so this is where the whole body comes together. I've said it and I'll continue to say it's important to know what your gifts are, but it's just important to know what your gifts are not. We can't forsake getting together to be encouraged, to build up, to lock arms. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? You having a rough time? Let me pray for you. Hey, you celebrate? Hey, let's get this together. Just like today at 4 o'clock. Man, y'all come out. I'll probably be dressed in a little bit of an attire. Y'all can sit there. I thought about if I'd had a dunk booth. We'll plan that for next year. Not this year. <laughs> and we'll let whatever winning team, like Mark Anthony, Pastor Mark Anthony, who graduated from UGA, like y'all get a chance to dunk them, okay? You know, and, and if y'all won't, don't worry, I will. It's all right, okay? So I'll take you into that. Anyhow, I love uh, this quote. It says that a mistake, because that's what a lot of people feel. I don't want to make a mistake. A mistake proves someone stopped talking long enough to do something. <laughs> it's like, we're just going to do, look, We've got to make something happen. And if we don't ever try anything, so don't worry about making mistakes. Worry about pursuing Jesus with all your heart. Number three, and the final one is we must run straight to the goal with purpose in our steps. Like we got to run straight on. I can't just go, like I've got to run with goal and with purpose in mind. And what's our main purpose? What is it? I will just say it this way, Ephesians 4, part of Ephesians 4, 15, it says this way, instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. That's our goal. Not to be more like me, not to be more like anybody else, to be more like our leader, our head, Jesus himself, that will speak it in love and be more like Christ who is the head of his body, the church. So our goal is to be more loving, to be more kind, to be more like Jesus, more welcoming, more warm. In Ephesians 4, 16, I close with this one. It says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And I just want to challenge everyone here in this auditorium, those online, when you're not operating in your gift, when you're not being active, and I want to tell you, anybody is welcome to be active. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna give you an opportunity. I'm gonna put you in this morning. 
And I want to give you an opportunity. If you've kind of been sitting back and, you know, you're trying to figure us out, I just want to tell you, we just, we make it real simple here. We love God and we love people. And, and the gifts of the Spirit are given to bring people to Christ. It's not to glorify me. It's not to say, look at me. Everything should be, look at him, the author, the finisher of your faith. Everything is about Jesus. I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, God wants us to do our own special work. And when we do, the church becomes healthy, growing, and full of love. If not, what happens is you get disgruntled and you start looking around when you're busy doing something, and I've told people this, about getting involved in people's lives. When it's just about you, you just look at everything and you look at this ain't good and that ain't good and I don't like this, I don't like this. And then you, look, you, you project that on other people. I don't like you and you don't like this, I don't like anything. Instead of saying no, God, I'm pursuing you with all my heart and I can help other people as they walk this out. This morning, before we take communion, I want to give everybody opportunity. If you have a smartphone, you can pull those out. If you have a dumb phone, I think it'll still work, but it's not as smart. So, <laughs> But you can text. My heart is that everybody would be involved. And if you're, you're just thinking, this, okay, so this isn't, you're not signing on a dotted line. You're not saying, I'm going to do this. Hey, we have a number of ministries that you can get involved in. You can help lead or attend a small group. You can, you can greet people on Sunday morning or other events. You can be an usher. You can participate on the worship team. You can help run sound or help run the live feed. You can help do words. You can uh, get involved in the nursery. You can get involved in children. You can get involved in youth ministry. You can get involved with the ministries of the women and the ministry of the to the men, you can serve or clean up in the church or after events, you can visit the sick, you can visit shut-in, you can get involved with the prayer ministry, you can serve at Loaves and Fishes, our own ministry that people come to get help. If that's in any part, you say, Mark, help me, direct me, I want to get involved, put me in, I want you to text, it should be on the screen, text, put me in to 94,000. And I don't care if this is your first Sunday being here or you've been here a long time. Just text, put me in to 94. You put 94,000 and say, put me in. And I promise you what you'll find is God will use you in ways, I'm telling you, to light up your world when you light somebody else's world up. You'll go, whoa, man, Jesus used me to help touch somebody else's life. I can't tell you what an honor it is to do that and you will too. And so I want to do this. I'm going to ask the men to come forward. They're going to pass out the communion meal that we're celebrating. It's the last Sunday of the month, and we always do corporate communion. And this is the meal that draws us together. This is the meal that culminates what I'm telling you today. Because Jesus went all in for us, he invites us to do the same for him, to go all in for him. And as they're passing this out, I want you to hear me. There are people here and watching online that said, Pastor Mark, oh, you don't know what my life's been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been into. You don't know. God couldn't use me. And I'm telling you right here, there's no reason for me to be here before you. Being the pastor of this church, there's nothing I've done good enough. I have trained, I've studied, I've prepared but it's not based on my goodness. It's based on God's calling. It's based on his goodness. He, when, when God called me, I remember the first, the, the second Sunday night I was here, 
And I'd just gotten out of jail the week before, the Saturday before, came and gave my life to the Lord. Got arrested on Friday, got out on Saturday, came to this church Sunday morning, February the 9th, 1986, gave my life to the Lord. Had no reason to think. The second Sunday, a little precious lady, I still think she's an angel, never saw her since. She came and dropped a brand new Bible in my hand, back there sitting at the very back row on that one. She dropped a Bible in my hand and she said, the Lord told me to give you this. And he told me to tell you, you're gonna be a mighty warrior for the kingdom of God. And I looked at her and I went, I'm just so happy to be in church and not in jail. So <laughs> just being honest and real. But that woman spoke something over my life. And I wanna tell you, if you feel like you're damaged goods and you know, I wanna tell you, God uses everybody. Look at Paul who wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He was killing people because they had faith in Christ, taking them out. And the reason is because of this right here. Jesus came and did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And he invited us into the game. And except for it's not a game, he invited us into life, true life, real life, real living. Not just something like, well, yeah, we won, yay, great, wait till next year. He invited us into life to have our lives changed, transformed. So now we get to do the same for other people. So I want you now to take and peel back that little thin layer and pull the wafer and get that together. We're doing this together as a body. The same way Jesus has called us to do is to be a body together. I need you, you need me. We all need each other. But it's through Jesus that we're united. It's through his death and resurrection we get to be a part. Let me pray. Father, right now as we partake of this, this communion meal, this bread that represents your body. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we, Lord, who are lost, we who are broken, we who are far away from you, your word says like sheep, all of us have gone astray. But Lord, because of your love, you drew us back and you gave your body so that we could have life. So Lord, we thank as we partake of this, you said to do it in remembrance of you, Lord, you gave your life so we could have it and then give ours away just as you did. Church, take all and eat. And as after supper, it says he took the cup and he looked at his disciples and said, this is the cup of the new covenant cut in my blood, not, in the, not with the blood of, uh, blood of goats and bulls, but with his own blood. Hebrews 9 says, he, he destroyed, he, he died once for all. He obtained eternal redemption for all of us. So he gave everything and as you partake of this, he said, this is the new covenant. The covenant where everything was placed on Jesus so that we're now free to love him and love others. And so I want you to all take and drink with me this morning.